Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Donna Campbell. Oh, you know, happiness, returning to happiness. You know, it's kind of probably been a journey for a number of people. She's an international bestselling author of Financially Fit, Living the Secrets of an Abundant and Prosperous Life. Uh, she has been a financial advisor um, at... Um, managing principal of an investment firm. She now empowers mentors and empowers heart-centered business owners and entrepreneurs uh, like you to regain their inner balance and gain infinite prosperity. With over 25 years of experience, she shared the stage with uh, nobilities such as Lisa Nicholas and Joe Vettel and Sharon Letcher and Kevin Harrington and she's been featured on all the news channels and um, so she's really serious about what she does and she you know the title of the mind whisperer for creating instantaneous results for you to step into your power and gain infinite happiness and prosperity and I know at a time like this everybody looks at it and goes what is infinite prosper prosperity I'm just getting by and it's the thing is it's the way we look at it is isn't it? Because um, infinite prosperity is something that's not always what's in the bank account. Welcome to the show, love. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And I just have to say, I love the sound of your voice. <laughs> I can you. listen to it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> the old British accent here. Um, you know, redirects. I love it when people redirect and you kind of redirected obviously from a very successful career and decided to go down a different path, taking all of the wisdom with you. Um, but doing something that really has um, obviously got some meaning to you. You know, what was it about that redirect that, you know, willing to take a chance and, and go, I just have to follow a different path? Yes. Well, I started out as a financial advisor mainly because when I grew up, I grew up in the state of California in Silicon Valley, but my family lived pretty close to the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And it was right at the time that women could become anything and work in a man's world. So I got kind of pushed. And so I became really passionate about helping people with their finances. So financial planning, financial advising seemed like a natural fit. But I was responsible for over $500 million of other people's money. Ooh, heavy load. <laughs> yeah. so stress, worry, pressure, frustration, mm -hmm. all of that was that lifestyle. You think about a type A personality, mm -hmm. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go to B now, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, I traded my health for that job and mm -hmm. doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So I turned to natural medicine, natural healing and learned I couldn't digest food. And that happened for over two years. So you can imagine not having any vitamins and minerals or anything in your body. And that prompted me to uncover, well, what was that about? And I learned through Chinese medicine, because I couldn't digest food on the inside, there was things in my outside, like I couldn't digest either. Right, right. There is always a correlation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what that was, was my marriage at the time with some of the different events that were happening and the amount of anger 
that I was processing, not only from my personal relationship, but from the whole financial services world as well, because it had that as a common thread. And so that's what destroyed my digestive system. And when I went on my own healing journey, I made a promise to follow the path and to share these new ways and techniques. So you really can have prosperity in all areas of your life. Yeah. I, I love people's redirects because it's always to your real meaningful purpose. But, you know, sometimes we have to take the roller coaster journey to actually really understand, you know, what really is important in life, what is the gift of life, and really what we really want to do. So nothing is a wasted experience. It's just, you know, the skills and tools that you're learning to apply it to something that really is more meaningful. And, you know, a lot of people are going through this transition at the present moment, you know, through COVID, through the changes that are going on in the world. And it's that it's that moment where you have to really look at your life. You know, 2020 was a reflection time, really have a good time to review one's life. Am I really doing what I love? Am I doing something that counts? You know, do I really want to be here, you know, in, in this particular world, you know, what you're doing right now and you know, how to redirect it. And so you have to have a certain amount of courage and strength to even just say enough is enough. I'm, I want to look for something different. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think we have those moments throughout all of our life. But this last year, it really did put a lot of people into that position. Am I doing what I love? Am I doing what I'm passionate about doing? Passion is important, isn't it? It is. You know, because, you know, it's so easy to, to just go through life like a droid you know, like sheep or I'm doing what I, you know, I have a good job, a lot of responsibility, people respect me, da, 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 da. and, you know, I've got the illusion of a great marriage and inside of you, your digestive system is screaming, saying, no, you don't. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so one of the things that I did was I moved to an ashram, which is a spiritual living community because I wanted to learn how to embody meditation. And I wanted to learn about brainwave patterns and energy and what can we really do as a being. So I studied physics to uncover the science behind healing. And so today as a healer, when I work with people, it's not only you know the intuitive side of it, there's also a logical science backing behind it because you're using different physical laws to make changes. Yes. You know, a lot of people look at spirituality as being something kind of kumbaya and cultish and out there. And really what the scientists are now understanding, it is a measurement of energy yeah. and it's a, an applied energy to, to whatever you're doing. So there's always a lot of science behind any of our spiritual realms. And it's just understanding what that energy is, how to apply it and uh, how to use it wisely because that's the important thing isn't it and so you've learned skills that you can navigate people's energy into their own form of healing mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and what happens is is that we're only aware of this energy 10 percent of the time yeah and scientists measured albert einstein's brain he was aware 10 percent mm -hmm. well i'm not einstein so but i like 10 percent it's a good round number so the other 90% resides in our subconscious mm -hmm. and the subconscious records all of our events and puts the emotions and feelings associated to that event. 
but you only know that it happens 10% of the time. Yeah. So the feelings and the emotions that we send out as signals can block us from the very things we're asking for, which is often what happens mm -hmm. in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships. And yes. you don't even know that it's no, until the cosmic two by four comes along. Yes, yes, those hurt. <laughs> have you? I've, have I've got you. your attention now. <laughs> I've had quite a few of them, but now I'm awake. <laughs> exactly, and and it's nice to catch people before that happens. But sometimes that's where they need to be in order to start again. Exactly. Um, we we dealt these cards, you know, as you said, your parents were on that poverty line, and you know, freedom of doing the financial and that man's world and doing very successfully and that a huge responsibility and as i said your gut was just saying no 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 um but we we don't listen to our insides out we're always listening to the outside expectation and when we stop and learn to tune in and listen to our own heart soul and spirit the core of us then we really understand that what we're doing or the path we've taken with no blame and no shame is the wrong path for us yeah and it's realizing that owning it and then deciding to do something about it you don't have to beat yourself up right. you just have to redirect right and and so for me my because it was the outside world was be a financial advisor be a managing principal of the investment firm help people with their money so they can have opportunities that you didn't have which was exactly the pattern my mom wanted for me right but I still do that today in just a completely different way because it's not about helping things on the outside. It's about changing it and aligning it on the inside. And even if you're working on a health issue or a relationship issue, because it's all vibration and energy, the other categories, the other areas that you want to have in life automatically change also. Yes. And that was the pattern I saw with my clients. It didn't matter where I started with them their financial situation always changed. And it was because of how we were using our words and the vibrational frequency behind them. A different form of enrichment, right? Yeah. Until we are enriched within ourselves, we're poor everywhere else. And it doesn't matter. There's so many people with trillions of dollars in their bank. But when you look at the, the satisfaction of life, the yeah. joy of life, their attachment to life, they're always in such fear of losing their money losing their power that they're not enriched at all they're not abundant at all that's just purely their bank balance right absolutely and that's when we seek things on the outside trying to fill us up with who we are on the inside to why we're in those states but if you are completely full on the inside mm -hmm. full and complete the outside world is 20 times more magnificent than that. yeah yes you know just as with financial planning you've got to plan there's a strategy there's an investment there's a paying attention to the investment there's a this and that we've got to be willing to do the same with our own lives you know we don't just decide you know oh i'm going to flip over here you know we've got right. to we've got to do our work because there's an awful lot of grieving and releasing that we have to do before we can embrace a new a new nutrient of mm -hmm. life and so we have to be willing to go through that and a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to face it um you know, there are all sorts of emotions go through it you know like the awareness of what they're going through oh my god and then the embarrassment of it the guilt of it um the the fear of it 
Mm -hmm. uh, and it, if we have to be willing to go through those emotions in order to release it before we can walk into that beautiful world of abundance. Yes. And the, the process is you have to discover it yeah. to be, and identify, yes. to be able to release it yes. and then transform it. But when I do the work with people, you're not reliving it. We're only right. looking for identifying markers and different frequencies of words to change it. So you don't relive or re-experience it at all, but that's the exact process. And you have to be open to that because that's where the change takes place. Yes. Yes. No, you know, downloadable affirmation, uh, you know, uh, hiring someone to do it for you. You've got to be willing to take the steps. Yeah, exactly. But I like the fact that you say that it's not the reliving it. You know, it's being able to look at it from the outside and, and seeing where it is without the attachment of the emotion of it. Yes. Yes. It's just like how we put fuel in our car. Mm -hmm. So our car is like our thoughts. And in order for that thought to propel forward, you have to put the right kind of fuel into it. Now there's different grades of gasoline, there's mm -hmm. fuel, there's hybrid cars, electric cars. And if you put the wrong type of fuel in, your car's not going to go very far. Right. That fuel for us as people is feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that's the subconscious that you have to put in the right type of fuel on the subconscious side this is our self-work to our thought and our belief which will propel it forward to bring you the results that you do want and if you're continually getting results in things that you don't want mm -hmm. well i'm going to guarantee you the feel that you put in in the subconscious level is not a, in alignment with that thought and you're getting back the wrong result mm. You know, that the song Emotions from the Bee Gees is coming yes. up, you know, and we have so many songs to do with love and loss and this and that, but there aren't too many words, emotions. And we're, we're actually really told to suppress our emotion. You know, don't, don't go there. Don't, don't give in to your emotions. And I'm always saying that if you don't recognize those emotions, those emotions are going to take over. I mean, they're an indication of what you're going through. Face it, go through it, release it, you know, tap into your emotions, but don't become emotional about it. Mm -hmm. And why do we have the stigma around facing those emotions? You know, suck it up or suppress it. No, that doesn't work, does it? No, because they'll eventually come out. And when it does come out, it'll come out in uh, a physical form of disease, mm -hmm. uh, emotional trauma or instability, uh, mental anguish or mental health. And it can even spill into a spiritual life um, yes. as well that way too. So when it's not released and transformed, the ill things happen in our life that way. Mm -hmm. No matter what we have wrong with this, with you, with your gut, and a lot of people do not, you know, I, I used to have a wonderful um now in her 80s, she was with me for five years. She had a show called Wise Health here. And they used to call her the snake oil woman because she was from the 60s and any time of alternative was the snake oil thing. And she was, a, you know, an encyclopedia of health. It was wonderful. But she would say that the liver, the colon and the kidneys are the most important organs in your body because if they're not functioning properly, nothing is going to function properly. But I think our gut you know, what we put in, um, the way we eat it, the emotion in which we eat it, and the turmoil that it causes in our gut can just send, you know, the wrong kind of fireworks throughout the body. 
You're absolutely right. And I'm going to agree with you about the liver and the kidneys and the colon on that. But it is more about the emotion and how we feel while we're eating. Mm -hmm. Yes. When I was in the financial services industry, I was going to the gym five, six days a week. I had a personal trainer, counted my calories and kept a food log, trying to release the excess weight from my second child. And not knowing what was wrong with me, I was sick at the time, not digesting food. I wasn't getting the proper nutrients because I had such severe stress and had been holding on to the anger. I was eating healthy. I would get a salad and I would eat it, but I was being rushed. I was stressed. I was in frustration, running all of the offices, two small toddlers, and I was digesting the emotion that I was eating Yes, that, that did it. And then everything else from there, that point forward, yeah. Yeah. It all and, and people don't realize that, do that, you know, is that you literally can change the energy of your food. Yes, you can. And I did. This was mm-hmm. part of my introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, after my marriage ended, I decided I was going to be happy. And I quit going to the gym because I didn't like doing it. And I ate whatever I wanted, which if I wanted a pan of brownies for dinner, I ate it. But I was happy. Yes. And in three to four months, I lost 40 pounds off of my body because I was happy. Yes. And my assistant at the office looked at me one day and my business student said, Donna, I think you need to go shopping and get some new clothes. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, look behind you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm half the size of my suit. I had no idea. Right. Yeah, that I even lost the weight. We, we, we do not give happiness a good enough rap, you know, and, and we don't realize that the happy vibe of how important it is to our well-being you know, the effect that it has on food. It's people who are perpetually on diets, mm-hmm. you know, constantly they lose and then they regain because every bite they eat, they measure and they're guilty and they're this and they're that. They're guilty for the thoughts of wanting food. And it, it just, the body goes into stress, Yeah, you know, and it's like, I'm going to hoard any weight uh, because, you know, it's, you're trying to starve me. And mm-hmm. It's the same with, you know, don't starve your emotions either, go through them. But we don't realize that um, we do whatever harm that we go through. We do it to ourselves unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And uh, diets don't work. They right. don't, don't. And as you said, you were eating healthy. You were going to the gym. Yeah. But until you, you know, partaked in happiness where your body could go, oh, okay, right. Okay, no, I can digest that. No, I can, I can process that because the energy was right. Yes, absolutely. And you said a key word in there, lose weight and we regain it. Yes. Well, what happens when we lose something? If we lose our car keys, what do you do? You need to leave. You go look for it until you find them. Yes. If you lose your cell phone or your wallet, you look for it until you find it. Yes. So there's a subconscious belief mm-hmm. pattern in there that if you lose weight, you have to look for it, find it, and we usually find more than what we lost. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> yes. It happens all the time. So it's better to use the words release or relinquish and put the right emotion and feeling tied to that rather than losing because yes. we don't want it back. <laughs> we, there again, you, the real the big point there is the words that we speak and you know the, the words that we speak to ourselves you know never mind what we say to other people be cognitive of that are you hurting them are you you know whatever but I think one of the biggest abuses we have is what we do say to ourselves 
-hmm. And we don't realize our psyche, our body, our entire manufacturing is listening to those words and responding to them. Mm -hmm. So we really do need to be kind to ourselves. Yes. And not just the words, but how we feel about words too. Because when clients get to the heart of the matter, sometimes they will say things like, I just wanted to know that I'm worthy and that I was valued or I'm appreciated. And in the financial world, we use those same words. Mm -hmm. Here's your net worth. Here's your portfolio value. Do you have enough money for XYZ goal? And if you don't feel like you're enough on the inside, you're never going to have enough money on the outside. And it's the same word, but it's the vibrational frequency of the feeling and emotion we're tying to it on a subconscious level that will prevent the money from coming back. So we really have to be heart mindful of yeah. the way we speak. Um, mm-hmm. Words do matter. You know, mm-hmm. we, we know that so many people go through verbal abuse. Yes. And, you know, sometimes to themselves, sometimes from others. But we've also got to remember that if we're receiving that verbal excuse, uh, abuse, in some level, we are inviting it and that people are just mirroring what they're getting from you. Exactly, exactly. Emotional trauma, brain trauma is huge in that. And a lot of the patterns are, I will always be right, because you need to be wrong. So I can feel that I'm right. So one day you might like chocolate. And then the next day your partner brings you chocolate. It's like, I don't want chocolate. I never eat chocolate. How come you're bringing me chocolate? You know, it's like, well, you liked it yesterday. You don't like it today. Mm. And it'll, it'll flip back and forth. So they can always feel like they're right because they have such a need to be and feel like they are controlled, yeah. but also a need of acceptance. And that's yes. that emotional brain trauma does. Oh, the emotional brain trauma. Um, it's not just, you know, adulthood, it goes childhood. I mean, you were driven into the world that you were in because of your parents' journey. And you didn't want to be your parents. So you wanted to be in a position to help your parents and rescue them and make sure that you were never in that situation. We we sometimes got to understand when we're behind the wheel of our car, uh, our life car, our life journey of what is really driving us. You know, which map am I following? Mm -hmm. Is this really a map that I want to follow? Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't question that, do we? We just go with that. You know, oh, you know, I, I need to, the responsibility or the fear of. And so much of that is given to us through our genetics, yes. through our DNA. Yes. And when we were being formed in the womb, because we felt all of the emotions that our, our mom went through, we were connected with our DNA to our dad. So she only fed, she fed you nutritionally, but she also fed you emotionally as well and that set the automatic pattern in the subconscious that's encoded in the dna for you and your operating system to run from and unless you take a look at some of those things you're just operating out of the system and you don't even know why repeated patterns we see it with uh, people who have been abused end up abusing and you go, but you know what it felt like. Why are you doing it? And it's because it's the only pattern they know. Nobody's shifted them or they haven't shifted themselves. And this is the thing. We need to change gears. Yeah. You know, don't just stay in one gear and, and you know, expect not to be keep going around in circles. It's, mm-hmm. it's be willing to know, you know, this is wrong for my life. 
So instead of just saying it's wrong and I don't like it and I continue to do it, be willing to say it's time for change. Yes, absolutely. And that change comes from shifting in the subconscious to give yourself that new pattern. Every yes. Single time. Yes. I know it feels like it's a heavy job and you know it's I always can't relate it to birth I've just become a grandmother so it's very much on my mind you know? <laughs> so um, but you know I've often referred to it as this is that that redirect is you know that gestation of you regrowing in your own womb mm -hmm. and you know the actual birthing experience you know it's painful but when you're on the other side and you get to hold a child, you forget all about that. But when you get to hold yourself as a reaper mm -hmm. and you look at yourself and you go, you know what? This canvas before me is up to me now. I can paint what I want. I'm no longer burdened by the DNA patterns or the pattern or the expectations of what came before. It's a rebirth. And yes, it can take some energy and a little struggle and everything else to go through it. But boy, is it worth it on the other side. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always worth it 100% of the time because there is always a gift in everything that you've gone through. So when you transform the energy after you release it and discover it, there's always a silver lining gift that you've learned from it. It's just having the ability to recognize it and acknowledge it. The big one, recognize it. You know, uh, again, before the cosmic two by four, you know, preferably, yes. But you know, it's, when you read a book, it's not all one chapter. We are many, many chapters in our book of life. And, you know, we, we you know, marriage, for instance, I'm divorced as well. Um, who I was when I first married my husband, was very very different to who I was at the end of my marriage and the we were oil and water at that point there is mm -hmm. no way we could be together there was no way I could become me with with him still there and it's okay it's mm -hmm. okay to have endings to say goodbye you don't have to do it with malice or viciousness but it's okay to end that chapter right and sometimes love this is going to sound controversial, maybe, but love walks away because mm. saying, I love me and you love you and I love you enough that maybe we're not meant to be together now because we completed what we need to and we are free and liberated to move forward to walk our own authentic paths. Yes, we don't always grow at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, if that real love connection is really meant to be, then there is that it's your time to blossom my chapter will come down the road and it's that supporting of each other but there is a common denominator of the same vibe of the same journey you're just each taking it in different ways and you're celebrating that and supporting one another but so often we come across and especially women and you know that um this is no longer serving me i'm willing to change and it's you know you hear from them but you're no longer the woman i married no nobody is five years in 10 years in 20 years in hopefully we've evolved you know <laughs> the trouble is they've got stuck in what we were and not embracing who we are now and you can't do anything about that you can't do anything about where they're at in their journey that's their responsibility 
And if it means you need to close the door for your own well-being, you need to do that. If that door is going to be reopened down the road, it will be. Mm -hmm. But we can't take people on our journey. We have to be responsible for our journey. They have to be responsible for theirs. And no two people are taking the same exact. No, no, no. And if that love core relationship is strong enough, you'll weather each other's journeys. If it isn't, I have three most beautiful children I got from my marriage, plus my own liberation, because it forced me to liberate myself from old patterns. Yeah. Right. So there is always something beautiful to gain. What he got from it is what he got from it. Yeah. Right. So it is it is something in life that don't always look at everything as a loss. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's not what we're losing. It's mm. the gift that comes from it. Yes. And the gift was the freedom or the authenticity um, to go be who you are, but you can still do that out of love every yes. time. You know, as a person who um, worked on people's investments, and it's always the investment of money, and you're always looking at what's the return and where's the best investment, and sometimes you have to take a chance, that same investment has to be done on ourselves, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. and so many people don't invest the time, the effort, or even the money on themselves. Yeah. They're always chasing something else out there rather than on themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's through that self-care, through that self-study, through that taking that time for your own inner being so you know what it is for you that you need that can really make big changes, not just for you, but for other people in the world as well. Yes. That's the ripple effect. You know, the more abundant you are, the more enriched you are, the more you are living in joy, meaningful purpose, that happiness, you know, the more it, it ripples out to other people and that inspiration becomes an invitation. And so we really not only owe it to ourselves, but we owe it to anyone else around us. Absolutely. And it can be, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be a small act of kindness. Yes. Even going to like the grocery store and the clerk may not be having a good day, but if you smile and they smile back and then you engage more in that positive vibration and they're happier, they're going to be kinder to the next five, six people in line yes. because you were kind to them. It's so simple. It's so little, but it means so much because, um, you know, I did a, an, an article in a couple of weeks ago on the pain of not belonging and how many people go through that pain because they're looking for their tribe. They're looking for somewhere to belong. You know, I just want to belong somewhere. I want somebody to like me. I want to be a part of something. You can't be a part of something, honestly, until you're a part of self. Everything you're looking for is within you. Mm -hmm. And when you found that, you're going to vibrate out where people want to be a part of you. Yes. But we can't find it on the outside, can we? No. Kindness breeds kindness. Generosity breeds generosity. And if you're always looking for something from the outside to fill you up on the inside, you're not going to be in your best form. People may not want to do business with you right. because they might feel the attachment or a clinginess or a neediness or a versus the other viewpoint of I'm whole and complete, what can I give and to be of service for someone else? Mm. Well, you know, you didn't steer too much away from financial as you wrote a book called Financially Fit, Living in the Secrets to the Abundant and Prosperous Life. Tell us about that. 
Yes, this book is everything I wish I knew before I was a financial advisor <laughs> with all the things that I know now that, you know, they say hindsight is 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Financially Fit is not about how to invest and how to get out of debt. We have people that do that. So if you're thinking it's that, I'm going to disappoint you in the book. But it's all about our viewpoint about money where we got our blocks from, how we feel about it, what to do to start changing and transforming it, um, things that we do to self-sabotage ourselves, things that we can do to open up those prosperity doors, and then manifesting and creating from this new point of view so you can write your own fi financial affluent story at the end. So needed. I mean, it's a book I'm I still need. Um, I was kind of brought up that, um, you know, what is your worth? What is your value? And the dollar sign was attached to that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, still, although logically I can look at that and my value is not there, my heart and soul is in, in abundance and in enrichment, there's still that little nagging thing on there's the side little, there. It's still there. It's still there and you still have to face it now and again. And go, You're back again. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've I, I say that people who truly are living in their own self-worth are truly living in their own enrichment and abundance. And there is no money in the world that can buy that. No yeah. money. But I still have a bit of a stigma of the dollar value placed on me. And it's not so much of what I think the dollar value should be. is the fact that anybody has to place a dollar value on me. Right. I don't want to be compared to money. Right. And that's what happens is money is an energy form and we are an energy being. And what has taken place in our society and through social conditioning was money was starting to replace our divine essence of who we are. And so we had this outward measurement of who we are on the inside. But as we've been already discussing, it's not the things that are outside of you. It's what you have on the inside. That's the true measurement. Yeah. We should look at money as you know, um, a, a negotiable, uh, trans, you know, transaction. We've given it too much power. Right. And it's being power in the wrong hands. As I said, you've got the multi-billionaires and they're so busy protecting their money and the power that that money gives them that they have not invested enough in themselves or on themselves. Mm -hmm. And we've given this money um, the illusion that the more you have, the happier you're going to be. Now, not to say that money is not important and I know what to do with it if I have a lot of it because I know where to invest it. It's a wonderful tool to help you achieve what you want to achieve. But you never, ever should place your value as a dollar sign because it doesn't work that way. Right. And money is just an exchange system, a bartering system for exchange of goods and services yes and if money replaced you on the inside well i kind of make a joke about this a little bit in the book it's like when you look inside somebody you don't find money you find like bones and muscles and organs <laughs> it's not money inside and you know if it's just an exchange system you know we've always had one it was my cow for your pig whatever it was back in the day yes harder in exchange and those aren't inside of us either. Mm -hmm. so, yes. <laughs> imagine if that was the connotation of the barter system of how right. for work yeah. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, let's put it where it belongs. You know, mm -hmm. it. You know, in its um, 
in its bartering system, in, in its own individual commodity and not give it that power. Let's look at the enrichment of our heart and soul and spirit as really where the power is. Because the more abundant we are in ourselves, the more that our cup runneth over, the more we have a big impact on other people's lives around us. So be as rich as you possibly can be. But that enrichment is your soul, your spirit, your energy interaction. Yes, 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 absolutely. In that money by itself doesn't do anything. There's not an energy applied to it until you apply it. But we're only applying it in that 10% consciousness. That 90% of how we feel on the inside also goes into your money too. And it will respond back to how you feel on that subconscious level. You work with a lot of entrepreneurs and as an entrepreneur, you know, the money thing is always something that you're looking for because it's your sustainability and it's your growth and everything else. But there are so many entrepreneurs, they go into something because there's a passion for it. You know, I really want to do this. I really want to make a difference, but I need the money to do it or I need to make money, obviously, to continue to do it. And it ends up losing its purpose because of the drive of the money how do you coach your your entrepreneurs into keeping that balance where the emphasis is on the beautiful gift they have to share at the end of financially fit when i talk about writing your financial affluence story and the different ways money motivates us to do things and in the beginning part of that chapter some people are motivated out of that lack mentality I have to do it for the money because I need the money, which is I'm passionate, but I still need the money. And then there's a couple of different stages. There's kindness, motivation, service, motivation, advice, motivation, and philanthropy. But when you're writing why you are motivated to create money and it's from a place of giving, then you can be like one of the top 100 entrepreneurs that were interviewed. And I summarized that and there was 10 common themes and it was all about living the life you love, being passionate about what you do, believe in you, believe in yourself and others will believe in you. Keep going, tell your story, you know, it will come back to you. And not one of those 100 entrepreneurs, the top 100 in the world ever said they did it for money. It was always a different reason. Yes, the money will follow, the money will be there, right? It's, it's, uh, it is that form of energy that will allow you to continue to do your work. But I think quite honestly, if we, when we're looking at business today, if you're not looking at kind of the philanthropic side of it as well, it's like whom, everything is a service, right? Everything is a service. We're here to serve each other. And if that service doesn't benefit people in a way that allows them to grow, that allows them to be abundant, then we're, we're not really doing the right thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it also goes down to the, you know, giving and generosity. Because mm. it's about what can I do for you to help you to make it better or your life better without anticipation or expectation that it's going to come back from you. It'll come back from somewhere in the universe. Right. And again, you know, entrepreneurs starting out, it's always like, well, I need the money or I'm trying to make the money and, you know, I've got to sustain myself and all of that. It's that, again, where the energy is, is where the energy will grow. And if you're putting it into 
money anxiety, the money anxiety will grow. If yeah. you're putting it into, I am seeding and watering this commitment, this drive, then the money that is needed to water that will come. Mm -hmm. It always does, 100% of the time, every time. I mean, you know, don't dictate how. And don't dictate from where, because it, it's always very surprising, you know, how it comes about. It is, because dictating how and why is going to limit you and the universe from bringing it back. Because yes. we're all like radio towers. Yes. We send signals out through that, and we receive signals back, and the universe does the same thing. But if we're saying that we have to have it this way, it limits the universe to look at all of the other opportunities of how it can bring it back to you. It might have a different path in mind, but we hold on to the our end of the rope because we're attached to the outcome rather than letting it go and allowing it to come back. What is prosperity to you? Prosperity to me is all things. It's abundance in all forms, not just monetarily, but you can have prosperous health. You can have prosperous relationships. You can have a prosperous garden, but it's growing. It's overfilling. It's abundant. So earlier we were talking about, you have to be full to be able to share to other people. And if you are a cup and you are completely full of water, we can't put more in until we let out some of those lower emotions and things to add in the more. But the only way that you're going to be able to share and have extra and plenty is when you're completely full yourself and what spills over is what we get to share. So that visual of the cup running over to me, that's prosperity because I have more, I have enough, I have plenty, I have um, lots to share in that, I have extra. So here, you can have all the extra. So to me, that's prosperity. Mm, thank you completely agree. I think one of the things that also gets in the way of people, and we have to be careful, we have to be mindful of it, is ego. Um, if we're doing, you know, like, stand tall in what you're doing and who you are, own it, be proud of it, celebrate it. That's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But when you start getting into that ego, of I'm more important, or I'm this and I'm that, you've already started the decline. Yes, absolutely. And egotism is one of those self-sabotaging afterthoughts that happens because what we're trying to do is make ourselves feel better or more important at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. So we're putting them down to elevate ourselves. And that's the backwards viewpoint. It is. It's, it's a spanner in the works. You know, mm -hmm. it is an, in, uh, an energy interrupter. Mm -hmm. Right. The energy needs to flow. It can't flow if it's constantly feeding your ego. It is absolutely there. Um, on one hand, ego is important because it does give us our identity, like yeah. our name and our phone number and who we are and what we're passionate about. But it turns into egotism when we're using it to elevate versus versus yes. enhancing the other person. We don't want ego narcissism. <laughs> nobody benefits not even the narcissist <laughs> it is totally disruptive but again with a narcissist uh, it is rather like alcoholism or, or addiction mm -hmm. until they're willing to look at the fact that they are that there is nothing you can do to help them 
And most of the time, a narcissist is somebody that's so injured in the inside that hasn't been willing to do the work to release. And it's everybody else's fault. Yeah. There's no accountability at all. And, uh, you know, you them being their own healers, what are you talking about? I'm going to hire someone. Right. right. And that is that whole energy of blame. And mm. every time we blame something outside of ourselves, we give away our power. Yeah. Because we put that, what we blamed in charge of how we choose to feel. We do this all the time with children and we don't even know it. Right. Yes. It comes up and they push your little buttons and you say, you make me so yeah. angry. Well, the child's like, huh, I have the power. How many more buttons can I push? What else can I make you feel? <laughs> yes. You just need the child to be in charge of how you chose to feel. The child didn't know you were going to be angry. You chose that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, reaction is something that's kind of innate in us as a human being. But I'm always saying, try and take a breath, pause, before you react to anything. It, just take a breath. Is this worth reacting to? What kind of reaction should you have? And what would be the repercussions of it? Mm -hmm. Yes. And by taking that moment, you can also stop and take a drink of water because mm -hmm. most of the time we're responding because we are dehydrated <laughs> yeah. instead of our, from that, in, that instinctual bit. So if you drink some water, it might change the emotional component that you're in and then you can address it with more focus and clarity. Water and air are the two most important things to change the emotional state in the body. Yes, well, if you think about it, where would we be in this planet without air? or water, what happens with air and water? It's constantly in flow. Mm -hmm. What are we with 70% water? It needs to be in flow. Mm -hmm. Our entire blood system and energy that goes through that has to be in flow. When you have blocked chi, blocked energy, that's where you have pain, mm -hmm. right? So we're constantly in the flow of things. And it's like what goes in comes back out after it's done its work. And if it doesn't, you're in trouble. So it is, it's really quite essential that we find our rhythm yeah. and find our flow and, and know what keeps us in the rhythm and what is a disruptor to it. Yes, and water resonates a lot with the energy of abundance. Mm -hmm. It does because it's a flowing energy. Yeah, it's also a brilliant conduit. Yes, it is. Yeah. Rain water. Yes. Uh, you, you've heard of the Emoto water experiment. Yes. Right? Um, I interviewed uh, Yashioki, his assistant, before Emoto died. And um, you know, we talked a lot about that. And literally, he's gone around the world measuring water, happy places, not happy places, and the difference of the water. But it's quite fascinating, you know, three glasses of water, one ignored, one given negative vibrations, one given positive and all the difference. And when you look at the negative turning dark yes. and you look at the positive turning into crystallization of frequency that you can measure and you know where 70 percent water yeah. and you go, OK, every time you're around that negativity, every time you're even talking or thinking negative thoughts, you are changing the color of your water in there. And it can't feed you if it's in that negative vibration. Absolutely. And that's what we do when we get ready to drink it. Or maybe it's the water that's already in our body. That yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, people praying before a meal. And yes, it could be praying to God. But it's also that gratitude. 
thank you for what I'm about to partake, but it's also the energy you're giving the food. The appreciation energy of what you're about to partake changes the chemistry of what you're about to eat. It does, every single time, every single time. I did this experiment once with my own children. They wanted spaghetti for dinner one night and box of noodles, can of sauce, did the spaghetti making, put in some love. I was happy when I was making it. And they're like, hey mom, this is the best spaghetti ever. Can, you know, we always want spaghetti. Well, a couple months later, hey mom, can you make spaghetti for dinner? And I was late getting out the door. I was rushed. I had to get to my office and same box of noodles, same jar of sauce, put it together, forgot about the love and joy. And they're like, mom, don't ever make that spaghetti again. We don't like it. I mean, the ingredients were the same. The only thing that was different was my energy that went into it. Right. But I'm not a huge fan of spaghetti. So I took their advice and I've never made it since that day. I love spaghetti. <laughs> In fact, I'm making it tonight. Spaghetti, I'll eat it, but, but it's not something that I make. Um, but you know, you look at chefs. Mm-hmm. That really, most of them do not make a lot of money, and it's extremely long hours, and it's a massive amount of preparation uh, to put the food on the table for you that you're going to gobble up. And so, you know, my son owns a restaurant, and it's you know, we we'll say if if you could at a restaurant eat with that appreciation of the time and the love that's gone into that food you know because the chef is creating it for you because that's their passion that's their creation every dish that goes out to you is a dish of love eat it with the same energy yes and then that's how we nourish our food and that's how we nourish our bodies how we nourish our minds and our hearts yeah Nourishment, it comes in all sorts of ways. Nature gives it to us all the time. The trees, the breeze, the water, it, you know, it's there, there, the doggies wagging tails, chasing a ball, the children laughing, the birds tweeting. Everywhere. It, it's everywhere in everything. And if we could just slow down and pause and take it in, we'd realize everything that we're chasing is already within and around us. Absolutely. And the earth is, it's free and it's giving. Yes. And it sustains our life. It's um, ultra generous. So we're not appreciative of Mother Earth. And we really need to rethink how we treat her because that is an example how we treat Earth and how we treat each other. You know, a lot of people talk about barefoot and grounding. Mm-hmm. Well, as an empath and a cosmic being, I cannot walk barefoot on the ground. Because mm-hmm. I feel the pain of the earth, of all that pain that's been given to her, but no one's releasing it. That's why she has earthquakes and this and that to release it. <laughs> so if it's like, yes, it's okay grounding, but don't keep giving your anger to her. Resolve mm-hmm. your anger. Connect with the earth and the roots of the trees and, and the soil and the love that is there. But stop keep giving her your garbage. Yeah. And when that happens... Not only the earth will transform, it'll become more abundant and more prosperous to save us, but it's that symbiotic relationship because you're giving to the earth and the earth will give back even more. Yeah. That was everything, isn't it? The more you give. I mean, that's the thing. If we look at giving as the <laughs> gift we're giving ourselves, the difference it makes in someone's life, that smile that's made someone's day, you know, 
buying groceries for somebody that's stuck at home with COVID, you know, appreciating the people out there that are at the grocery store working for all of this, our teachers and everyone that's out there, that just gratitude that we're giving is a gift to them, but it also makes our own hearts smile. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is how we create a better world for everyone to live and what heart-centeredness, heart-centered healing is all about. It's really quite simple, isn't it? It is simple, but yet so, so hard and complex for us to figure it out. <laughs> because we're, we're busy thinking it instead of feeling it. Mm -hmm. If we go with the, with the feeling, you know, I would say the knowingness comes from the soul's intellect that resonates with the heart truth that goes into the spirit action and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it and if we stop being just stuck in our heads and listen to the heart soul's intuitiveness and intellect we would know what to tune into and we wouldn't sweat the small stuff we wouldn't get tied up in knots over things that we have no power over anyway right and when the heart and your feeling there is in alignment with what we think in the mind and the brain, we have heart-mind coherence and it comes out through the bridge, our throat, and we can voice it to put it into action. And that's what comes yeah. back. Not just words, but in vibration as well. Yeah. Right. So it, it's all within us to do. Mm -hmm. That the thing is, as this is Choose Positive Living show, it's up to our choice. What do we want to feed? Do we want to keep feeding the negative and the pain and the sorrow and the anguish and the stuck, which actually takes so much more energy? Or do we want to feed the possibilities, the opportunities, the creativity, the healing, the liberation of our heart and soul? Because that loving energy has no boundaries it is abundant it keeps on growing but anger and hate becomes more of a tight tense ball mm -hmm. and there is nothing in there other than that hate and pain and you have to release that because you can't get love in there right and it affects you and your energy body you can do an actual muscle test and if you are in a state of anger or hate your energy field condenses and that's why we feel stressed and tense and pressured inside. Yeah. That's why we go to massage therapists yes. and chiropractors <laughs> and all of that. But if you're in the other energy, the happiness and the abundance and the joy, your energy field expands out and there's no limit. It comes back to you tenfold every time. And I don't think we're meant to live in loneliness, depression and anxiety or fear or worry or anguish. We're meant to live these divine gifts of gratitude and generosity and happiness every single time. As you say, you know, returning to happiness. Mm -hmm. We were born in that happiness. As children, that's all we knew, unless, you know, we were victimizations of other things, but we chose happiness and we can choose it again. You know, oh, this is my lot or, you know, I've made my bed, I've got to lie in it. Who the hell said that? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, change the sheets for God's sake. <laughs> because happiness is our choice. It is. And it's on the inside. Um, one of the things I love sharing with people is if you really, what I hear sometimes is people will say, well, I don't know what makes me happy, or I don't know how I'm happy, or why I'm happy. 
So one of the things I do say is keep a happiness journal. And at the end of the day, write down all of your happiness moments. And after a while, you will see a pattern of the things that truly do bring you happiness. So you know what to do to create, to keep in that happiness state for yourself. Very, very important because then it's also feeding the mind all the time of what makes you happy or reprogramming. But the other thing for a lot of people who don't know how to love, and there's a lot of people that don't, they've shut their hearts down, is go out into nature. Watch puppy dogs and children and the waves hitting the shore and the trees rustling and the birds flying. Get tuned in to all the beauty that is naturally out there, that is in joy. And it will open up your heart. And the more and more you do that, the more and more your heart will open, the more and more you will look for things to make you happy. It is again back to our choice. We can live in the misery, but that's your choice. And please don't impose it on anyone else because you chose that. But you can live in joy and happiness and meaningful purpose that now you are an abundant being that has really been a beautiful ripple effect for everybody else's joy. Absolutely in that. And that's the state of being that we are meant to live in every single day. I always say live the life you love and love the life you live. And if you can't get out in nature or, um, and you're in the city, still make sure to go outside because there's usually a sun and that part of nature too yes and that can bring the brightness to your day it's there's always around you i mean how many people in apartments now are, are growing vegetables vertically or lots of pot plants and greenery around you and of course you know plants if you haven't got trees around you plants are wonderful being try singing and talking to your plant watch how it grows and it's mm-hmm. amazing you know sing to your mirror see how yourself grows right (laughs) and if people think you're crazy that's okay we all need to be a little crazy to survive this world for sure there was a question that was asked once and I pondered it when did you stop celebrating yourself Mm. because when we're little and we learn to walk we've learned to do other things we celebrate and we clap on ourselves and when did we stop celebrating ourselves and why and is, is it, you know, um, oh, no, you're too full of yourself or, you know, it's embarrassing or, you know, no, you need to be more humble. No, celebrate. As I say, there's, there's a different thing between, you know, that ego that relies on another people validating you and you validating yourself. You know, I am so proud of the fact that I took that redirect. I'm so proud I put the work in. I am so proud of who I have become today. I'm going to celebrate me and we should have our days of celebration yes we should always celebrate always does that bring the happiness and joy exactly now you have a a a free gift what is that and how do people find you and the gift also how do people find your books okay so the free gift that i have to offer are the five top secrets to living an abundant and prosperous life and that is on financiallyfitbook.com forward slash free dash gift and the Financially Fit book, you can find it there on the website, Financially Fit book, or on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. To get in contact with me, the easiest way is on my personal website, which is donnacampbell.com. And the Campbell is with two L's? Yep. D-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, just like the soup. And uh, everything is there. And, you know, this, the reason why I do these shows is that 
we all look at things from a different perspective. We all come from different personality types, but there is always somebody that you can connect with that you got, you had a resonance with and you go, Oh, I hear this person. Oh, I feel what they're saying. And you, that's the person to reach out to. So, you know, it's the reason why I do these shows and have this wonderful library of people out there making a difference in the lives of others because they made a difference in their own lives. Those are the best teachers. So reach out to Donna, get this book, see what the free gift is. We've got nothing to lose, actually everything to gain. And, you know, your journey, that redirect um, into living a beautiful life and, and to uncovering that happiness, it can start today. It can start in this very moment with a simple mindset of, I am going to seek it out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All you have to do is say yes. 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 <laughs> Sing it out. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with us here today. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been a lovely time. Thank you. Right back at you. And I says, I love it when people have those redirects to their beautiful, meaningful purpose, because that's when the truth really resonates out with everyone else and you become that beacon of light for others. So thank you for redirecting. Thank you. Until next time, folks, remember, if you haven't taken your redirect yet or you're in the middle of it and you're not quite sure where you're going, Donna Campbell is here to help you. And every little bit of help is great. They're not doing it for you. They've got the tools to help you do it for yourself. And you owe it to yourself and everyone else around you to find your happiness. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.